Cynic Empowerment. Hey listeners, Tim and I found out shortly after recording our online trolling episode that we still had a lot to say on the subject, so the following is an impromptu, off-the-cuff recording of our thoughts. We hope you enjoy. Even talk about half of the definitions and concepts just because they're like so awful and like like uh guess what party van means in this community party van what so the actual definition is the fbi this is the definition from the encyclopedia dramatica cock and pussy are begging to be gobbled and chewed up however there is a cock Pussy gang who refuses to munch down on genital meat because it's against their religion and their holy leader, Jesus Edgar Hoover, will throw <laughs> a high-heeled shoe at them that would be the highly Mormonic gang of thugs known as the Federal Bureau of Investigation, also known as the Authorities, the Feds, Federal Bureau for Israel, or fucking bunch of idiots. The party van is serious business designed to help corporations throw you in jail for sharing ones and zeros despite sharing being the basis of our human society having purged all the commies and nonconformists from america now they're after you wow wow i i feel like there there are a lot of uh allusions to historical but like you can i think you can read into that i, I think you can really just like dissect it be like, okay, so Jesus Edgar Hoover. So what do Jesus and J. Edgar Hoover have in common? And then you can find whatever kind of historical reference they're making there. Uh, and then you can just like kind of like expand it. Okay, so what happened in the FBI around this point in time? Of course, in the 1950s, we had the, the Red Scare leading up to the persecution of a lot of celebrities. And, you know, like it, it sounds like a bunch of mumbo jumbo nonsense. Yeah, like that's like that's like the thing of researching this shit, Tim. Like, I there's so many times like I would be researching, but then I would click like a hyperlink on the Encyclopedia Dramatica like website, and then I'd be taken to another one of their definitions that's just filled with more hyperlinks until I was just like, where the fuck am I? Like, I'm not even reading about stuff that I'm trying to research right now. Like, it's, I feel like I'm just filling my brain with garbage. Like, there's also the do you know what last Thursday means, Tim? No idea. So. <laughs> Basically, any point of time that isn't today is last Thursday. So last Thursday is like their concept for time. But they'll, basically everything happened last Thursday. But you don't know that when you're reading these articles. So if you're reading like, oh, and then on this and on, then on last Thursday, Moot did this. But after, but I didn't realize that was the original definition for last Thursday. This is their fucking definition for last Thursday, which isn't helpful at all. It is said that Queen Maeve, the house cat, who is actually owned by Schrodinger and is the cat used in Schrodinger's cat experiment, created everything sometime last Thursday that she filled her construction with misleading evidence of antiquity and implanted false memories into the minds of flying squirrels under the hypothesis upon digestion of Pteromini or Petaristini, all that we know of existence and history is a lie and all evidence that may suggest otherwise is wrong since Queen May of the house cat planted it specifically for the purpose of deceit, according to Soren Kierkegaard. Oh my god. I like Soren Kierkegaard. 
think he's got some this, good stuff. I see. Oh, well, maybe this is like an actual thing, and this, they're posting something smart. They just say it in a way that's really confusing. Well, Soren, Soren Kierkegaard could be a um, uh, a reference to uh, epistemology, right? So the nature of being, I believe. He's an existential philosopher, so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and of course, Schrodinger's cat is a, a thought experiment in existence. So they're just trying to discuss the uh, the concept of the past or elapsed time as being the same point because it doesn't necessarily matter anyway because it all has to do with our perception and our basis for knowing, which is what Soren Kierkegaard was was uh, concerning himself with. See, this is what I find so frustrating yet fascinating about like the troll community is because on the surface they're just like these dumb idiots that just like spouting the n-word and yeah. inflammatory language on the internet. But then below the surface, you realize that there's they're like these actually these intelligent individuals that understand concepts like uh, existentialism and you know time is just a construct and mm -hmm. all these other complex ideals that are just engaging with these on online communities of laws. Like under, are you familiar with Poe's law? Uh huh. Poe's. Pose law. So pose law is basically the concept that on the internet people need to be forthcoming uh, and honest with their ideals because there's no way to tell whether or not an individual is using sarcasm while they are on the internet. Sure. And that's basically so it's hard to tell if like someone's being satirical or not on the internet unless they blatantly say they're being satirical. What are the? Um, have you ever played Mass Effect? Yeah. Uh, you know the uh, aliens that. Uh, Will will tell you their emotional status before saying a phrase. Oh, they'll be like happy, with great admiration. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember what they're called though. Uh, yeah, flip Florians. I don't know. I don't think it matters. Flip <laughs> Florians. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like that. Like you have to have that clear intent in order to what what Nathan Poe. Okay. So without winking, smiley, or other blatant display of humor, it is ultimately impossible to parody a creationist in such a way that someone won't mistake it for the genuine article. <laughs> yeah. And that came about like during Usenet time. So very early internet, people realized like, hey, we got to be forthcoming. Otherwise, no one's going to be able to tell whether you're being deceptive or not. Yeah. Like all, all these concepts and ideas will not like – weird fucked up 4chan terms like new fags and old fags like that like those those are new concepts but like you know the idea of like the troll and stuff like that have have been around since the the advent of the internet well there's like there's all kinds of like philosophical concepts that like and i touched on a few of them but this could go on and on like like the idea that uh the intent of a comment is ultimately going to garner some type of informative uh aura around the comet itself is like, I mean, like what if we did that in everyday language? Uh, you know, like I, I don't know necessarily granted there are a lot of basic differences between uh, text-based conversation and in-person tonalities and gestures and yada, yada, yada. Oh, definitely. Yeah. But if we started off every conversation with, uh, you know, it's like, I, I intend to joke, uh, then we would have so much less ambiguity, but mm -hmm. 
sometimes the like like with trolling culture the object of the conversation is to create ambiguity so the intent is not necessarily something that's always positive or logically understood mm-hmm. so why even have post law if uh, whatever it's it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me and that's something that i can't wrap my head around like why would people troll what's the point of trolling like you you are a troll <laughs> Not like I, in all I, I senses. I some aspects, but I know. But it's so that that same satisfaction you get from trolling in Magic: The Gathering is the satisfaction other individuals get by inciting flame wars on the internet. It's like well, the I, same satisfaction, just in a different platform. Well, the flame wars, but there's there are there are motivations behind these things. So yeah. in Magic: The Gathering, being a griefer uh, is ultimately going to. Uh, put everything in the situation, everything in the gaming situation uh-huh. in perspective to the degree that everybody realizes that it's not as important as they actually might take it. So having all your lands destroyed, oh, so I take about 50% of the cards that you had on the field, and then you put them in a different pile. That's all I'm technically doing, but you're getting upset about it. So you need to recognize that you're taking this game far beyond what it actually needs to be taken as. Okay, so let's take that same example and apply it to like an online community. Let's say you have like some like uh, a feminist uh, forum where people are talking about, you know, equality for women and rights and stuff like that. And then you have some 4chan and like go on there and like uh, somehow like pose like, so like a bad example of like um, trolling would be if they just went there and said like, go in the kitchen and make me a sandwich. Everyone would realize like, oh, this person's obviously a troll and like people would just ignore it, right? But let's say they pose themselves as like a fundamentalist, like a Christian female woman and like started like posing like actual arguments that a fundamentalist Christian female woman could pose to start inciting these women to start tearing her apart, even though she is also a woman, defeating their own prospectus and idea of like women needing to be treated equal as they're like just laying into her and then inciting a flame war and watching it just like crumble inside of itself by the same token there this person's like showing like what you're doing isn't as important as you think it is because you're basically like ruining your own like moral standing by becoming an awful human being within this forum right it's the same concept and idea just that's why we have the different definitions of the the trolls right like you had you had like uh the griefer trolls and the shitlords and yeah, uh, you know all all these different all these different terms to designate the motivation behind the particular trolling, right? Yeah, absolutely. How do you make sense of the people who are sowing the seeds of chaos simply for that reason? Like the people who are coming up with like those the weird uh, like last Tuesday and the concept prior. Like, mm-hmm. what's the point of that? Like, why would you do it to begin with? Creating. Weird Discord. Like, I think Discord. Okay. What's that? Because they're they're I don't know they're they're they're, they're chaos. Well, I don't know how to describe what's, it. What's the motivation for engaging in chaos? Um, because some people just like to watch the world burn, like uh, the Joker <laughs> from uh, you know, yeah. Batman. They're, that's just their individuals. That's how they get their laws. Is is watching the world burn. Yeah. Getting people's goat. Uh... Getting people's goat. Oh, gosh. It's just, it just seems, 
overtly malicious, like just a sadistic. I, I I don't know. Like, uh, well, maybe maybe it's because of our concept of what order is versus chaos. And if we look at these two things as opposing forces, mm-hmm. anything that breeds uh, confusion. Mm-hmm is ultimately going to be associated with something that is bad yeah. simply because it's not as easy to understand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily like the the trolling community uh, for the most part. I mean, I, I, mean I, I think people shouldn't take themselves too seriously, and I think that's where trolls come in to exist. You know, they, they take a card out from the bottom of your card stack to remind you that you're not as cool as you think you are. I mean... Yep. Like, they made Shia LaBeouf lose a shit so many times. Like, I think he had mental breakdowns during that time. <laughs> like, one, one thing that I read about that I didn't mention that doesn't correlate with the He Will Not Divide Us is he did this stupid, like, I, don't, I, I think it's a stupid, installation art piece where he was living inside a cabin, inside an art museum, inside Norway, right? Where he was only interacting with the outside world via yeah. a computer. Like, I guess he decided that was art somehow. And I think while he was in there only interacting with the outside world via his internets, like some troll may or may not have been pro-Trump was wearing like a MAGA hat and was trolling him via the internet because that's the only thing Shalabuff had access to. And then Shalabuff's like response was like this thing of just like, you're probably just like some guy that women don't want to touch and you're disgusting and someone hurts you when you're very young. And it's just... I don't know. I feel like the way Shia LaBeouf responds to things, like I feel like let it roll off his back. Like they wouldn't troll him, right? If the, if yeah. he just didn't care and was just like whatever, like they wouldn't troll him. But for him, like to be a condescending asshole to these people, and I don't know, he's, that's, he's kind of asking for it. That's probably the key. Like in in all of this, so a lot of people, I would I would go as far as to say, like people in the stage of our, you know, our generation and our stage of life. They don't really know what's going on, right? There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of misdirection uh, or just simply lack of direction from former generations. So if we don't know where we're going and there's this overwhelming sense of confusion that inhabits all of our decision making, then maybe it kind of helps us to know that there are other people that could also, I don't know, in you know, through some kind of like vicarious relationship, they also feel that confusion that confusion. So it's like, uh, I don't know, kind of like a camaraderie thing of like creating confusion because the world's so confusing. Yeah. Like like I'm confused. So it's going to make me feel better if everybody else is also confused in a similar way. So, you know, what's the point anyways? Like if I've already convinced myself that there's no true order in the universe, then why not just engage in what have you whenever I feel like it, like if, if, if there if there are no laws that are going to prevent me from doing so, then why not do it? Well, yeah, I mean, if like I mean, if you see both sides of an argument and you, you don't really see why one is more blatantly right than the other, then you can go to either side of the community and just like pose as either faction because, yeah. you know, both sides of the argument and just like sow seeds of chaos because you don't really have a stake in it. You're just there to stake information or whatever gets you makes you happy jollies and it, and it seems like a lot of the time like 4chan as a community they they don't they usually 
not I mean they do sometimes attack unprovoked, but like sometimes it, it it's them responding to someone saying something about the community and then them responding in mass in the most awful way they know possible or even them just like tearing themselves apart. There's a lot of things where I listed where uh, certain threads of 4chan would go and raid different threads because they could so uh, yep. you know and like and what in that sense when you're destroying your own community it's like what are you getting out of this what is, it doesn't make sense anymore but i don't know yep. it's hard to it's hard to say it's hard to come up with laws for the lawless man i guess one thing i could talk about there's one because i have a uh, a story uh, so i have a, a associate someone that i know who has been a 4chaner since the beginning um that i, I was going to share some of his uh, uh, he didn't have a lot of insights like on 4chan specifically, just that he'd been on there a while. Uh, then he doesn't really fuck around with B anymore because it's kind of dead and he just goes into his own communities of things that he's interested in these days, which seems to be what most 4chaners do at this point. Uh, but then, in speaking, thinking of the idea of trolling online, he has a pretty great trolling online story that I feel like is worth sharing. I told I wouldn't say his name. It's been a longtime 4chan user, uh, pretty much back when it was invented, he says he remembers the like furry invasion of 2006 and all these other specific uh, things um, back when he says it was quote unquote good. Apparently, in his from his perspective, 2006, 2007, whenever Fox ran the news story on 4chan, it got a lot of media attention and it started growing a lot. It, in his eyes, it became less good, which is, you know, it's common when any community gets a, a large response of newcomers people are like it was better before the newbies came here but what i really wanted to highlight from him as far as like gaming trolling is are you familiar with a game called <laughs> eve online that's like the the game that's like a fully immersive rpg a lot of people have become like addicted with is that yeah yes it's it's another way to think of it is spreadsheets in space so this game people have literally sold their like space fleet armies or whatever for thousands upon thousands of dollars because everything within this game takes a long time to do you literally have to join some clan or faction or whatever to make real progress the game is people take it so insanely uh seriously that people if you're a part of a clan you have like a timesheet of like you're going to get on between these and these hours with like this group of mining vessels to go and mine because that's the only time we have these defense ships available for other people to log on and defend you as you're mining these resources so we can keep this corporation running. I think all the factions are called like corporations. So all these different corporations are competing for limited resources in space. It's like basically everything that's like bad about like capitalism in real life just transfixed into a video game and people engage with it as if why? it's like their that's life. That's fucking right? dumb. Some people find that fun. I don't, don't ask me why. It's just something. Gosh, I, do. uh, I can't find a way to be a cog in anybody else's machine. So I'll just actively participate in a game that forces me to be a cog in a machine. Exactly. So this individual that I know joined the game. He like joined a corporation, and basically he he just wanted to be a mining individual, which is kind of like most people see that as boring. I think you can more or less like mine 
of resources while not really watching the game because you like click like mine this rock and then you can like close your browser and do something else and it takes a long time for you to actually extract the resources but from his perspective he was getting into like the role play aspect of it which i don't think a lot of individuals yeah. really get into and so he would just like imagine like what it would be like to be like this individual mining the space rock in space and so while all of his fellow corporation members would just like close their browser and go and do other shit he would be actively looking at the screen and apparently one of the times that this was happening another corporation came into the same part of space they were in and because he was actively looking at the screen he was able to alert his fellow corporation teammates that there was going to be this attack and they were able to counter attack them with minimal losses i think they only lost like one or two ships okay. in this process but because of his valiant efforts he was able to move up ranks fairly quickly within this corporation in a short amount of time they're like oh you did good and people also found trust in him because all he wanted to do was be a miner so he was seen as like not like necessarily a non-player but like like oh is this something useful that we'd want in this corporation so he got more access to more aspects of mm -hmm. the corporation and so while doing this, it turns out that one member of his corporation was actually uh, a traitor to like another group. He was like basically a double agent. What? He was like a apparently a member of another <laughs> corporation and like reached out to my friend, basically trying to get him to, I guess, also be a Target. double agent for him. Yeah, exactly. And so let me try to see here. I want to use his exact words. because I feel like it would make more sense. So because of my, this is, this is a quote. So because of my promotion, I had access to some very important time schedules, mining times, number of escorts, things like that, as well as what times people were on. But the other important thing I had was the request file for more escort support in case we felt an area was too dangerous. So I had a plan. I remember telling the trader the plan, and he was laughing the rest of the day, sent the plan to his buddies in the other corp, and they agreed. But they also offered me a much higher position uh -huh. in their corporation. So we got the trader's corp to make a few attack runs during scheduled mining times after we leaked them. And then I called a large amount of escort support, pulling just about every ship away from our base. And then I put myself in charge of cargo hauling that day. In between the hauls, we swiped everything of value, blueprints, cash, and everything took off and, and never looked back. Now, here's the funny part. Turns out the corp wanted me for their espionage team. At this point, I was hooked, except for their espionage team, question mark. It was already infiltrated and controlled by another corp, and they knew I was killed by the guy who betrayed the first corp. At this point, I was well into my role, and I felt the appropriate thing to do was betray the guy who killed me in kind. We shattered that corporation to stabilize the area. I fled with probably billions worth of stuff, logged off with a bounty on my head and kind of left Eve online satisfied. Oh. Oh. And so I guess there's just a lot of double <laughs> espionage there that I don't even completely think I understand who was infiltrating who. But uh, yeah, so that, that's some pretty classic online uh, trolling, I would say. Wow. Oh, gosh. So it, it's it's basically like uh, Pirates Online, right? Is everybody's just like turning coats on everybody else? Oh yeah, oh, definitely. You'll you'll flip your, you know, your alliance to someone else that they'll offer you more well, stuff. That's uh, that's capitalism for you though. So if you're playing capitalism online, and uh, somebody offers you a better deal, you're gonna take it. 
Like there, there are no, there are no ethics in this video game. Like you don't get ethic points. So mm. you know, why not take advantage? No. Why not stow away with yeah. billions of credits? Well, sp- speaking of e- ethic points, uh, th- there's a game that you may know of called Overwatch that's trying to implement ethic points into its gameplay. Oh, cool. So basically, now after you complete a match, you can like upvote people for like good teamwork good sportsmanship being a shot caller and you have like your level of like how much time you put into the game but then you also have your like ethics-o-meter which is like a separate level track where you have i don't know i guess it shows how nice you are and i think the added advantage is the nicer you are the more likely you'll be grouped up with other nice people i guess leaving all the bean people together <laughs> is the theory because that's what we want <laughs> i yeah where it's just like the most toxic people all on top of each other which i don't know i mean i don't think it's necessarily a bad idea i mean even with the implemented feature i still get called autistic occasionally as people on the internet tend to do but for the most part i feel like uh, i think it's had a positive impact on overwatch are are you pretty good at the game I, i would say i'm fairly decent i'm like not like any kind of pro player like if there was like like a like if there was a line of like extreme newbiness on one end and then just like pros that are just so disgustingly good, like you can't compare yourself to. I'd say I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, if okay, that makes sense. but people will still like rag on you. Oh yeah, like even though like I'm not playing completely incompetent, like people, it's just one of those things where I think no one wants to feel like they're uh, on online games that they're the cause of the loss. So you have these individuals playing like high skill characters. But then we'll be, like, mad that there's not, like, a healer on the team or something like that to, like, support them being awesome. It's like, oh, like, I was playing a sniper, and but I'm going to blame the team that we because we lost. You guys are autistic. It's yeah, like, okay. you were supposed to be our point man. Come on. Yeah, it's it's just that kind of dumb stuff where no one wants to take blame for that for their own personal responsibility in any kind of online game. Once again, if the un- anonymity of the internet, they're just like, meh. I'm going to be a jerk. Uh, I'm glad that I never got into <laughs> those particular... I, I played Call of Duty for a little bit. Like I, I had like a, a murder bro period in my life where mm-hmm. you know I, I would log on frequently and I you know, tried to prestige over and over again. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, there's no real incentive to prestige except for the fact that you get like different colored camouflages for your guns or... You know, it's something stupid. Right. You get it like a different call sign. <laughs> oh boy, this yeah. guy's really good. When in actuality, it just like puts more pressure on you to perform because people are looking at call sign yeah. and thinking that it actually means something. Yeah, not that you just like put disgusting yeah. amount of time into yep. the game. Disgusting amount of time, and it still doesn't make like every time they come up with a new game, uh, they add like new kill streaks or the the whole like booster pack jumping off walls thing that is pretty new to me <laughs> so now, now i get yeah. murdered all the time like I, there's no way that i can compete in any reasonable level because these things always evolve but it's that's beside the point these people are ruthless and because you have like I, I don't know if overwatch also do you use verbal communication do you have like a headset uh yeah so i do have a headset but i the only time I ever talk to fellow teammates if I'm playing ranked, which I try not to do very often, usually it's just only my friends within the headset chat. Like, I don't want to hear strangers' voices 99% of the time because they'd never have anything oh, good to say. No. Yeah, they're just, like, <laughs> making a, a high-pitched Wii noise. 
Yeah, exactly. Or, or yelling or, or yeah, or chastising their teammates, like just being an asshole. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <sighs> yeah, it's it's like people forget that it's a game and we're playing to have fun. It's like people put so much of their their self worth and self esteem into these video games that to lose is to like just knock their self esteem one dock lower than it already is. And it's but the thing is like. In a game like Call of Duty or any of these other first-person shooters, there's always going to be a loser team and a winning yep. team. So if you're not prepared to lose, like you need to go somewhere yeah, you else. you need to find a different game. Uh, or get out of games in general because so many games in this world are zero-sum. You know, you've got winners, you've got yeah. losers. There's not a whole lot of just... Everyone winning. Yeah, and I don't know why people can't be equally entertained by the aspect of cooperation. Well, much in the, our, one of our similar conversations, like people who are trying to find Shia LaBeouf's flag. Right. They're, they're taking part in a, well, I guess that could also. That's a collaborative effort. Yeah, but it's it's also like competitive to a certain extent. Like the loser is Shia LaBeouf, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's fair. Poor guy. People are, they, they, I guess they just need to find satisfaction in working together as a group to overcome uh, natural and overtly like bad obstacles, if that makes sense. Well, are you familiar with like the concept of like the epic win? Maybe. So like the concept, I don't know if this is like an academic turnover, but the epic win is like that warm fuzzy feeling when you like accomplish like something like in a video game that just makes you like feel a sense of accomplishment when like in reality like you you're just in a simulation, right? Like whenever you beat like a boss in a video game or whatever, like it doesn't necessarily add any monetary value to your life. But regardless, it gives you this gives you like the sense of accomplishment, right? And and so that sense of accomplishment is like the sense of like the epic win, where you know people want to best or like defeat something to make them feel good about themselves. But I feel like it's like at some point there's like diminishing returns, where if you're if you're not if you're like all you're doing is playing these video games thrill-seeking, trying to get these epic win moments, you're going to get like a devalued sense of satisfaction the more and more you engage with them. Well, yeah, and then I I guess we're kind of like going on to uh, a topic of, you know, online video gaming in general, but have you ever heard of, uh, you've played games like Hearthstone, right? Or like these these free-to-play games? Yeah, yeah. Or as, what are they called, Skinner, Skinnerware? Have you ever heard of Skinnerware? I have not. Uh, so it's sounds scary. Uh, you know who Richard Garfield is, though. That name sounds familiar. Uh, he's the creator of Magic: The Gathering. Uh, ah. He wrote an article in regards to these free-to-play games, uh, in which there is this kind of unethical propensity for that design to take advantage of a certain few players, uh, colloquially known as whales. Uh, okay. are people who are always looking for that next fix, right? They, they need yeah. to have the epic win. So they try and they try and they try, and if they're not winning, they'll buy and they'll buy and they'll buy. And once yeah. they do, the game becomes profitable. <laughs> so this, this whole free-to-play design, of course it costs money to produce a game, especially you know like those, those, those big games that require a, a lot of server and, and just computing power. Uh, to pull off. So where is that ultimately going to come from? The people who get addicted to the game and the people who can't stand to lose. While 
I, on some level, would, like, agree with that. The fact that it's coming from Richard Garfield, I have no respect for his opinion. Yes. Uh, and th- that's one of the primary problems. But Richard Garfield actually has some, some pretty good stuff to say. And he actually brings his own game, uh, or at least what it became after Hasbro acquired Wizards of the Coast. Um, not to say that he does not pull uh, a fantastic uh, royalty from... <laughs> his initial invention of the game. Uh, but he, he actively denounces uh, this type of way in which companies are taking advantage of whales. Uh, yeah. And magic does the same thing with the limitation exactly. that, you know, like once you buy certain cards, you know, that that's, you know, at least if you're playing eternal formats uh, or for our listeners out there that don't know what an eternal format is one, you know, cards are updated, different sets come out, and sometimes you can only play certain formats with those sets. So as they, they rotate out, you have to buy more. But by and large, there's a limit to it, right? Like you can't mm-hmm. – like there, there are some RPGs that allow you an infinite amount of you know, like resource if you pay money for it. Mm-hmm. Like there are no cooldown times for your workers. Or if you need gold to, or, or some type of resource to, to construct more buildings – you can just buy it rather than wait or work for it. Um, yeah. It's in those types of environments that the problems actually occur. Um, yeah. But whatever. It, yeah, it's a good point. Like Richard Garfield is probably someone that you should take most of his life lessons with a grain of salt. Well, yeah. I mean, like, because, yeah, Magic the Gathering works on that exact same model. They're always releasing new cards that make, like, the old cards, like, obsolete. And so you you never really beat the game of Magic the Gathering. The game just keeps evolving, which, I mean, I guess some people would argue is good. It keeps it interesting, but uh, I don't know. I Yeah, it, it's it's extremely expensive and uh, whatever. It, yeah, you, you make a good point, Jimmy. That's all I ever wanted to hear, Tim. Yeah, excellent. You've been validated. <laughs> yeah. That's my epic one for the we day. We just talked about that. You're not supposed to be looking for my external validation. Too late. We're all we're human. All humans are doing it all the time, twenty four seven. It's just like, well, I mean, we can spread the idea of the epic win to social media, right? Where people, where if you have something that becomes really popular, you post on the internet, it gives you that epic win sensation of validation. Where you're like, oh, people like me, um, and so yep. uh, where once again you you get less and less of a self-esteem boost the more and more you do it and the more and more you engage with it to where you know you're addicted and you're it's not really adding any value to your life uh much in the same way these epic wins of video games do the same thing yeah it's this uh, habitual seeking of other people's appreciation there's a black mirror episode have, have you seen black mirror yes not every episode but i've watched some uh, it's the third season that uh, Jessica Chastain actually plays uh, this character who is in this dystopian future, like all the other Black Mirror episodes, uh, in which right. she is obsessed with this this rating app in which you can uh, rate your interactions with other people. Interesting. And this app has taken hold of the society in such a way that if your rank is below a certain amount – you can't get certain jobs. You can't go into certain places. You are kind of like this shunned person of society, uh, at least in the in in this in the formal metropolitan sense, right? Um, which is true in the modern day as well. Like most of these Black Mirror episodes, they're referencing uh, some you know aspect of our culture that's gone awry. Uh, and in this particular instance, is when people care a little bit too much about 
what other people think of them. So we end up not being able to work at the job we want because uh, the people who work there demand that we wear a collared shirt uh, or that we have to have some other type of uniform that we respond to their jokes in a particular way or that we, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that we don't use uh, a certain language, you know, just general censorship. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, the first step in the in the, our evolution in terms of society. Like we don't always want to be subverted to these individuals. And the first step is not caring about what they think. Which is, which if we take that concept and we apply not caring about what other people think and what trolls think, we don't have to deal with trolls and we've come full cycle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the trolls can't hurt and us. And then we've made it. <laughs> we've, we've won. We've, we've won. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, you make some good points. Uh, <laughs> should, should we? I don't even know where to go from here. Do we need to do like another silver lining for people being trolls in video games? I don't know. Uh, we have. Well, what would? Well, let's think about it. So we technically have two hours of content, so I theoretically could break this down into two episodes, two parts. We we could. Uh, what's the silver lining to video game cruelty? <laughs> silver lining to people being shitty griefers and otherwise in video games is <laughs> yeah i don't know man i i have no idea it, it it but i don't know video games aren't that important to begin with right they're just uh they're they're a proximity for life uh, yeah i mean i guess video games aren't very important in the same way movies and any other form of entertainment isn't that important yet it's still you know adds value yeah and as video games become more complex uh granted we don't have it's it's not like playing snake anymore uh when you when you look at games like eve these are yeah. literal representations uh of what's going on in in or well, literal figurative representations of what's literally occurring in the world and i i don't, I don't know why people necessarily need that per se like is it just like a, a safer environment so these people think that they're also able to just vent themselves freely and in an attempt to, I, I don't know, it, it, the whole sticks and stones argument, right? Yeah. I can say whatever I want here because it's not going to damage anybody. You know, these people don't actually know me and they already are aware of the fact that the words that they're saying are somewhat meaningless because of the precedent that people have towards trolls and the harsh internet culture as it stands already. Yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, so maybe that's some of it. People, yeah, they're because they're anonymous and all the other things. They can just express themselves freely. They they feel bad. They can immediately vent themselves out into that space. Is there anything good about that? I don't know. I mean, I I mean, maybe in a world where people don't have a lot of control over their lives, it's good that people have a place where they can be shitty and not have. Real life consequences? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I might venture to say that if you're more likely to be shitty online, you're more likely to be shitty in real life too. But maybe that's a stretch too far. Ooh, I don't know. I got one. Uh, so What's up? much in the same way that manual labor uh, has forged previous generations into being physically tougher individuals. Ooh, okay. I, I like where this is going. Say that modern generations, uh, with the amount of verbal abuse and trolling and shitposting, have become somewhat immune, or at least 
are trying to adapt to the current abusive climate uh, simply because there is such an abundance of it. You know, like I was saying just a second ago, like I know that people are going to try to call me autistic when I'm, you know, playing a video game. Uh, yep. or, you know, if, if I don't do something that they want me to do, it could be the best move ever, but unless I'm like epic winning, uh, they're yeah. be judgmental. And I know that, I know that people are going to be judgmental. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so interested in philosophies like stoicism and, mm -hmm. and it's probably experiencing a resurgence in the modern day because people know that if they just take care of themselves and if they have a mindset that things are not going to hurt them and they're going to be you know, tough and uh, stoic individuals that mm -hmm. they're invincible. You know, the, the only person that can really hurt you is, is you, at least in a, in a verbal sense. Right. No, I think that was beautifully well put. And I'm not even going to add anything to that because I think, you know, that, that's an excellent way of looking at it from a positive perspective. Well, thank you, Jimmy. Yeah, man. You're too kind. Oh, shucks. Oh, oh man uh i don't have anything else to say <laughs> yeah I, I literally have nothing else to say either uh except for once again as always make be sure to like us on the facebooks be sure to email your thoughts ideas concerns sad thoughts at uh, cynic empowerment at gmail.com if you have a mobile phone and want to download our episodes instead of live streaming them from soundcloud be sure to download them off of itunes and stitcher and as always thank you all for listening we appreciate it thank you so much for listening everybody keep your head up and we'll catch you next time catch you next time <laughs>